0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Southern Spectre Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah, and as always, thanks for listening. On today's show, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. First off, I apologize for being gone for almost a month, maybe even over a month. Um, Back here, uh, right after Halloween, I unfortunately got very ill, very sick. And um, I've been, I don't want to call it bedridden, but uh, I've been pretty much down with the sickness, so to speak, since uh, for almost the past month. Um, Thought I had the corona. thought, oh, corona done got a hold. I thought corona done had me. But unfortunately, uh, but fortunately, sorry, fortunately, that was not the case. I have been tested three times now and all three tests have shown to be negative. I did however have pneumonia and uh, found that out about a week ago. and uh, just now getting over everything and I'm feeling a lot better um, you can maybe tell my you know my voice is a little <clears throat> rusty at the time uh, but I'm back at it. it. feels good to be back behind the mic again. And uh, I hope you guys had a great Halloween. I hope you all enjoyed that. And uh, I know we had a blast here in the house. And uh, we just enjoyed, you know, being here with family and friends. And we handed out candy, socially distanced, of course. Uh, Everybody wearing masks and everybody enjoying themselves. And we just had a great time. And I hope you and your family did the same as well. Well, now we're on to the next holiday because next week is Thanksgiving and I hope I wish each and every one of you guys out there and all those listening, I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Hope you eat a lot of good food, a lot of Turkey. Um, and if you've never tried it, go make yourself a deep fried Turkey. I used to do one every year and everybody seemed to love them. But over the years, of course, I've just, as I've kind of gotten older, I've kind of gotten away from it, but, uh, who knows, maybe one year I'll start it back up. Um, but, uh, it does takes patience and, uh, you know you got to be careful with that stuff hot grease and a cold turkey don't mix so if you do plan on frying your turkey this year be sure to take a lot of precaution and a lot of preparation and doing it and doing it correctly i hope you guys get to spend time with your family friends and loved ones you know this year has been <clears throat> it's been one for the record books that's for darn sure and i hope you guys enjoy you know what i have in store for you today I'll be honest with you, I haven't planned too much for today, but um, one thing that uh, has been kind of on my mind here recently, and I know I haven't dove into it too much, but there's a couple of horror movies out there that I'd like to talk about. Ones that are basically pretty like mainstream horror and have been for some time, and... I just I'll probably have an unpopular opinion about it and the first movie I'd like to talk about is Halloween the original Halloween with Michael Myers I am not a fan I do not like it I think it has a sorry storyline and I'm sure I'll probably get bashed and criticized and that's that's all right it'll be okay uh pardon me here doing a little uh back behind the scenes things here but yeah i'm not a big fan of the movie and i'll i'll get into my reasons why here shortly um i understand for the time that it, when it came out that this was a big deal um that this was you know that, that no other movie had been um uh, done quite like this and that it definitely gave those those audience that audience that would watch it back then a good scare and uh, there's no doubt about that I'm not arguing that not the least little bit okay so gladly start to work for me here okay Halloween 1978 I'm reading straight from um imdb okay so the this is the summary okay and it looks like it says there's like seven different you know what let's go okay reading the film synopsis now if you have not seen this film then and you really really want to i'd say go watch it and come back and listen to it later but this one here the synopsis says this uh, the film opens with a brief opening title slash credit sequence showing a jack-o'-lantern accompany, accompanied by John Carpenter's famous theme music. Love the music. No problem with the music. I think that score for that movie is amazing and has done, uh, you know, that was a giant step for cinema right there, you know, to incorporate horror-themed music into those movies. Um... It says the film begins on October 31st, 1963, a cold Halloween night in Haddonfield, Illinois. In the middle of a street stands a two-story white Victorian house. Someone begins walking toward it and sees a 17-year-old Judith Margaret Myers through the front door kissing her boyfriend passionately how else do you kiss somebody? As they move towards the couch in the living room, the person outside follows them around the side of the house and watches through the window. The boyfriend asks Judith if they are alone, and she replies that someone by the name of Michael is around someplace. Her boyfriend puts on a clown mask, jokingly, and kisses her. She laughs and tells him to take it off, and he suggests that they go upstairs to, uh, Brown chicken, brown cow. They run up the staircase as the person outside the house follows them back around to the front. The shape sees the light in the upstairs window go out and begins swiftly walking back to the side of the house through the kitchen door. Quickly, the shape opens a drawer and grabs a very sharp knife. It begins slowly creeping through the dining and living rooms and reaches the bottom of the staircase. There, Judith's boyfriend is putting his shirt back on and leaving the house. Judith calls down the staircase for him to call her the next day. He takes one last look upward and quietly leaves. As soon as this happens, the shape begins walking up the stairs into the dark hallway. Looking down, it sees the clown mask on the floor. The shape stares into the dark hallway. Looking down, it sees... Uh, sorry, I'm repeating myself. The shape picks it up and pulls it over its face. Entering Judith's bedroom, it sees her sitting in front of her mirror. Nude, except for a pair of panties. Brushing her hair, she has her back to... To, uh, to her mirror. No, I'm sorry screwing this up brush brushing her hair she has her back to the shape and is unaware that it is standing there the shape walks up behind her and she finally feels its presence swirling around she sees that it is michael The person previously referenced and is annoyed, quickly covering her breast, but suddenly Michael raises the knife and begins stabbing her repeatedly in various areas of her body. After a few seconds, she falls to the ground, covered in blood. Swiftly, the shape walks out of the bedroom, down the stairs, and out the front door, into the yard as a car pulls into the driveway. They are Mr. and Mrs. Myers, Judith's parents. Seeing Michael, they pull off his clown mask revealing the face of a young six-year-old boy staring into space with a blank expression, still clutching the knife in one hand. Okay. This is... This is where things take a turn for me, and I don't... I don't know. Maybe it's... uh, I don't know. Maybe... I, I don't necessarily think that this is this is scary this to me is not scary I know a lot of people think that this movie did a a lot of groundbreaking uh, new things for the horror genre and it showed people things that they just had never seen before I get that I do but I don't think this is my personal opinion I'll put it like this way I don't think that this movie did For the horror genre, what Blair Witch Project did so many years later. Now, if you remember Blair Witch, of course, either you liked it, you hated it, you fell for its trap, whatever. I think that that movie had a much bigger impact on the movies we see today versus this. Number one... Um, I was never, I was never a big slasher flick type person. I don't mind the blood and the guts and things of that nature. It doesn't bother me. Um, but what does bother me is for our villain in this particular movie to put on a William Shatner mask, paint it white. And call it scary. I don't understand that. I don't get it. I it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. And as many okay, take things out of if you count up all the ha- Halloween movies as a whole, take every single one of them and put them back to back to back in the order that they're supposed to go in. Even if you were to take off the last movie that was made here recently, what, back in 2018? And because if I, because I think if the way that the way that movie, if you watch that movie, it is supposed to be a direct sequel to this 1978 movie, okay, if I'm correct about that but my point being is that even if you, you gathered them all up there's no explanation on why in the world Michael Myers cannot be killed and uh, Dr. Sam Loomis in this movie the doctor who's chasing after Michael through all these earlier movies and you know kind of being the one the, the, the voice for why he's doing what he's doing never gives an explanation Okay, you know, all right, so this is the way the whole story of Michael Myers opens is that we see him as a six year old boy. Okay, so we see him, and we see that I mean, I just it does not, there's no explanation on why he can't be killed. Because over the years, they have set him on fire. They've blew him up. I mean, they've shot him. I mean, anything and everything you could come up with, they've tried to do to Michael Myers. I even think at one point they cut his freaking head off. And guess what? He keeps coming back. It does not make sense. I cannot stand behind these movies because I don't think it's... Now, like I said, I'm putting this, it's an unpopular opinion. I probably, I'll probably get a lot of backslack. But if you know, if you know something that I don't, let me know. So as we continue on, it says on October 30th, 1978, nearly 15 years later. Okay, so now it's 15 years later after the opening scene of the movie. In Smith's Grove, Illinois, a doctor by the name of Sam Loomis and his assistant, a nurse named Marion Chambers, are driving to the local sanitarium to have Michael Myers, now 21 years old, still very dangerous, taken to a hearing in front of a judge, where his future incarceration will be determined. In the car is a matchbook with an adver- Okay, we don't need to get into all that. Um, let me look ahead. Uh, Okay, so it says uh, Michael's hand appears at the window behind her and shatters it. Marion, startled, opens the car door and jumps out. Michael climbs in and drives away. Dr. Loomis runs over to Marion and consoles her, telling her that the evil is gone. See, and that's, that's what perturbs me about these movies. He's evil. He's evil. Okay, so I guess some would say that well, that's what makes it so scary is because he's evil incarnate. I think that's one of the reasons they they give at one point during one of these movies. The doctor says, oh, he's evil. He's, he's born evil. You know, that there is no explanation as to why he is the way he is. And, you know, I understand if you put that in a... Uh, take that out of a horror movie and put it in today's society and asking somebody hey why'd you kill all these people? Oh because I'm evil. Okay. Well I I get that. It's scary to think that somebody could just be evil just to be evil. I understand. I get that point. But it doesn't it doesn't constitute as to why he's freaking immortal. Being evil is one thing but just because you're evil and mean doesn't give you you know, immortal powers. I don't get it. Why can't he be killed? He's evil. But why? is the power behind the mask. What mask? The William Shatner mask. Come on, man. I mean, seriously. Give me a break. Because I this is one I just can't get behind. Not saying the movies aren't any good. If that's the type of movie you like to watch. And you you like to sit back and watch you know a bunch of babysitters being stalked on Halloween night that's cool I mean if that's what you're into that's great but this is I, I there's no explanation for it and there's I'm not knocking this movie for the way it is way it is well I am but I mean there's other movies out there as well who do a really crappy job of trying to explain you know what's going on you know why things are happening the way they're happening because, you know, it just doesn't make sense. And of course, later on, uh, years down the road, when he comes back, Michael comes back and, uh, you see a bunch of, he gets to stalking all these babysitters on Halloween night. And of course we're following one called Lori Strode who actually we learn later on is actually Michael's sister. Now I would argue this is that whatever power that Michael is harboring that keeps him ever forever coming back, that Laurie has this same uncanny power about her as well. Because if you look at all the movies, every few, what, every two or three movies, she shows back up as well. Why? Why? Hey, he did just as much damage to her as she did to him. You know, I mean, how are these kids... How do they keep coming back? I don't know. Just something to think about. You know, if you ain't never thought about the, these movies like that before. You know. Something to think about. Um... Now, one thing, another movie I'd like to talk about that I don't understand is Friday the 13th, the very first one. Why was, why did Jason, why, what made him come back? I mean, I I don't, there's no, (laughs) same thing, you know, here. Like I said, it's another slasher flick. And the first one makes sense. It makes sense. Okay? I get it. I get that one. Because it's a mother exacting revenge on the camp counselors that caused her little boy's murder. I get that. You know, not even murder. Hurt his death. Okay? That I get. That makes sense to me. But what doesn't make sense is this. Is that Friday the 13th, if you look at the actual movie poster for friday the 13th and i'm looking at it right now it says they were warned they are doomed and on friday the 13th nothing will save them okay never mind take that back <laughs> all right because what i was looking at was uh actually the movie poster if you look at it you see like a a silhouette of a person standing there with a um, a bloody knife, and inside that silhouette, you see the the scene, the full moon, and the trees, and the camp, and the uh, camp counselors, and everything. And then I, you know, I was like, "Oh, that's Jason," but you know, kind of dawned on me a little too late. But anyway, but even still, you know, the first one, the first Friday the Thirteenth, makes sense. The end of the first one. Lost me. Why on earth did it take... Why why does it take Jason Voorhees so long to resurface from the lake and to exact his revenge? Okay, I mean... And why keep doing this to all these camp counselors? I understand the ones that are that are actually in the first movie. Okay, I get that; those you know they're there to exact revenge on that. And but I guess I don't know. It's just one of those things. I guess I'm just not a big fan of it. But, you know, I understand that all these uh, slasher flicks, so to speak, that they had to start somewhere. And, um, you know, for their time and error, you know, they, they, they're, they're done probably as best as they can be. Um, it's just some things, there's a lot of detail in there that are missing for me. I mean, you know, why does Jason Voorhees have to wear a hockey mask? Why does, I mean, was he playing hockey at one point? What, I mean, is it just to cover his face? because i mean if you're out to scare you know people hey buddy that face is working all right moving on i had the list of uh right here of the of according according to IMDB IMDB sorry 100 scariest movies of all time the exorcist i get it that was that that actually was based on um, uh, real accounts um and that 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 one that one was i mean it doesn't uh, scare me now, but that movie used to terrify me, uh, and that I can I can definitely stand behind that. That is that's creepy. That's a creepy movie, and uh, knowing that it was based on actual true events, you know. Also, number two, they have the witch. I wasn't a big fan of this movie. Um, if I've tried to watch it two or three times, and I keep falling asleep. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That one, I think, was actually based on real um, events as well. I wasn't terrified of it. Number four, we have Friday the 13th. You know my thoughts on it. Um, I think it was okay, but, you know, the sequels just, ugh. You know, how he goes from the bottom of a lake at one point into space. So, but, you know, the Babadook, uh, I wasn't a big fan. I know there's those that are out there that are a big fan, uh, you know, that really like this movie i wasn't crazy about it um basically um it shows basically like uh their the best way i can describe it is their feelings the drama and the the craziness that's happening in their personal lives kind of manifests itself uh, into a entity that they have, uh, that they now have in their home. Me Entres Duermos, 2011. Never seen it. Don't even know what that means. Uh, number seven, we have Halloween, which is the 2007 Rob Zombie, uh, flick. High tension. Evil Dead. This is 2013. Okay, now, while we're talking about Evil Dead... I am a Sam Raimi fan. But what I don't... There's two movies in his lineup that I just don't get. Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead... Because from my understanding, that Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 were two separate movies. But they take place at the same freaking location. It's It's like... Um, me and my sister were having a conversation the other day and she told me that Evil Dead 2 was actually supposed to be like a parody of Evil Dead 1. I don't get that. Then, you know, I don't don't know why, why do you feel the need to make a parody of it? But hey, if that's what you want to do, you go right ahead. Um, I am a bigger fan of Evil Dead 2 than I am of Evil Dead 1. I'm not crazy about evil dead one evil dead two actually made me laugh um it follows um uh, <laughs> this falls at number eleven on this list. if you've never seen this i actually i actually enjoyed this one um yeah I think it was a it was it kinda I don't know if you can look at this. If you watch the film, you know what I'm talking about. But, I don't know if you can look at that as a... It's like horror in a, as a curse. You know, uh, a curse, but... It's... Or either... An STD, I guess. Um, like I said, if you watch the movie, you'll know what I'm saying. I mean, it's... It's basically this entity um taking multiple shapes forms anything it can to get close enough to you to basically murder you kill you whatever um and but the way that it it only follows one person at a time and but the way it gets past you this curse so to speak is uh through a sexual encounter so i mean if you've seen it you know you you'll you'll know that you know, hey, it's, you know, this is how it gets passed along. And it starts out, you know, with this young woman on a date, they end up, you know, fooling around. One thing leads to another. Next thing you know, she's tied up and she can't figure out why. And the guy she was with, um, he's steady looking around, looking around, looking around. And he tells her what's going to happen. And so over the course of the next few days, this thing, this entity starts to, show itself and present itself from, you know, uh, following her. So, I mean, that one, it had a creepy vibe to it. Uh, number 12, them. I don't ever remember seeing that one. Number 13, open water. Uh, I was not, <laughs> this movie was okay. I, I mean, you know, real life stuff. Yeah. that I'd, I'd be freaking out. I definitely would be freaking out. Um, and I think it's based on true story too, but as far as scary, I don't think it was scary, but, um, I think it's more mind games than anything, but this one here, you know, it's like, you know, Hey, where are you going? Oh, I'm swimming over here where there's blood, not in the water. Um, let's see the shining. I've never watched it all the way through. I was not a fan. Net i'm just flipping through here at this point okay now here's one i definitely can get behind um number 25 on this list uh 2012 vhs if you've never seen this movie check it out i really enjoyed this movie i thought it was a uh it's basically like a uh compilation of short horror movies wrapped around um you know like a main storyline and uh are wrapped within a main storyline and uh, this one here was actually <laughs> i thought it was pretty good uh i enjoyed it i i tend to lean on the paranormal side of things uh, when it comes to horror movies um the slasher flicks don't get me too much i, d- I don't really know um oh man <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> number 39 on this list is frailty this movie was awesome I, this was one of the better I, I don't know if it's the storytelling of this movie or the um or the acting and it's probably a little bit of both this is uh, this stars uh, it's sad, I did not realize this this was this came out in 2001 And uh, it was actually directed by Bill Paxton. um, And it stars Bill Paxton, Matthew McConaughey, Powers Booth, and Matt O'Leary. If you've never watched this movie, this is a good flick to watch. This, Like I said, this is is good storytelling. Um, And this is what it says. It says, a mysterious man arrives at the offices of an FBI agent and recounts his childhood. How his religious fanatic father received visions telling him to destroy people who were in fact, quote, unquote, demons like i said if you've never watched this one definitely check it out Uh, this is one of my favorite movies um it's not one of these over the top why am i scared or anything like that you know it's not zombies coming out of the ground demons exercising and all that other stuff this this movie i thought was really good and it's like a different take um on uh so a, a way of uh exercising the demon so to speak and I really enjoyed this movie This is really good acting by the entire cast and uh, it's great great movie check it out and of course number 40 here we talked about this one earlier the Blair Witch Project I'm gonna recount to you uh, the first time I saw this movie I was probably about 17 or 18 years old and me and my friends had actually went to a local movie theater uh, around here not too far from these parks and Of course, at this time... This is what I'm talking about. This is what I was referring to earlier. That Halloween... This is why I think that the Blair Witch Project did more for today's movies, horror movies, than Halloween or Friday the 13th. But the Blair Witch took a... uh, A very easy, a very simple premise... And ran with it. Um, it's it's not even all it's not even quite a full hour and a half. It's only 81 minutes long. And if you those who haven't seen it, I won't I'll try not to spoil anything but three film students vanish after traveling into a Maryland forest to film a documentary on the local Blair Witch legend, leaving only their footage behind. This movie was one of the first. If not the first to have um, to be one of those found footage type horror movies, and this broke ground on so many so many movies that are out today, and that you know it paved the way for so many movies that um, I think what was it called? There was a word they used for a mockumentary. But yeah, I want you to put yourself, this, <laughs> this is the best way I can describe it. This was the War of the Worlds radio program for my generation. If you remember the War of the Worlds, the radio program, um, I wasn't around back then. But from what I understood is that, you know, of course, you had Orson Welles and he goes on there and he does this, he reads this dramatic um, He does this whole dramatic radio show. Nobody knew anything about it. It was never, it never come out and said, oh, it's not real. And uh, so what ended up happening is people sort of started freaking out in the streets and stuff, you know. You know, people didn't know what was going on. And it was like maybe, it was like a giant alien invasion that was actually happening outside of our own doors. But people were inside listening to the radio and that was the only way they knew about it, you know. And so people kind of freaked out about it. This was kind of the same thing Um, instead of mass hysteria. But the way even I remember the commercials, the way this movie was presented to us back in the day was that, you know, hey, go see this movie. These three film students vanished. You know, you know, a year later their this video was recovered and this is what was on it. And so it made you think that what you were seeing was the last minutes of these three people's lives and you know it, and when going into a movie knowing that or thinking that believing that this was what i'm watching is the last few minutes of these people's lives on tv i mean you know on the big screen this is crazy who could make a movie about this? But it was made for next to nothing, engrossed. I mean, it, it 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 shattered records for its time, you know? And, I mean, it, it just it paved the way so much. And, you know, when I was younger, I was a much bigger fan of this movie. No one, I'll be honest with you, it's like a magician's trick. Once you know the secret to how he does it, you know, the magic's gone. And so that's the kind of the way I feel about this movie. Um, I did go see this movie. I mean, it, it there was just so it was one of those things where when we left the theater, you were you had more questions than answers, and uh, it was crazy. And uh, it was well, it was just like a real documentary, and you swarping down that these kids got lost out in the out in the woods there, out in Maryland, and that. This was, this was crazy. But anyway, if you go check it out, I mean, you know, if you've never seen it, watch it at least once. Um, Can't say much about the sequels. Um, I think it had a Blair Witch 2, which was the Book of Shadows. Eh, you can leave that one in the dirt. Um, The other one that they made, it was kind of almost like a, uh, it was a sequel. It was called the Blair Witch or the Blair Witch. I think it was the Blair Witch. I don't know if it was the Blair Witch Project. But either way, that one was fairly decent. Uh, the last 20 minutes of that movie were pretty daggum scary. Um, but like I said, if, if you never watched it, go watch it. I mean, I, I just I, I feel pretty strongly about this one. And I don't know why, to be honest with you. But uh, <clears throat> my apologies. But I just feel like this has done so much for the horror genre that we know today. Um, ah, number 42, The the Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2. Uh, Drag Me to Hell. This is another Sam Raimi movie. I myself was not 100% crazy about this movie. However, if you watch it, if you are a Sam Raimi fan, then you will know up and down that this has Sam Raimi written all over it. Um, there's a lot of practical effects in this movie and, um, I'm glad to see that. Now, the, given this was back in, uh, 2009, uh, and this was, this was, like I said, this has got Sam Raimi written all over it, but what boggled my mind about this one was that this was one of the first movies that... I felt was unjust and I'll explain to you why here in a minute Um, the story here little snippet that it says it says a loan officer who evicts an old woman from her home finds herself the recipient of a supernatural curse desperate she turns to a seer to try and save her soul while evil forces work to push her to a breaking point set the scene for you and this woman the main character of the movie is a loan officer and of course like it says she has to evict an old woman. This woman who play or this girl who plays this loan uh it's Allison Loman. Uh also Justin Long who's uh, Jeepers Creepers. Ah. Um but anyway, directed by Sam Raimi, Allison Loman, um she plays um the young woman who is the loan officer in the movie. Okay, so here's where I don't don't like this movie. This girl is a loan officer. She has a job to do. At the end of the day, she did what she was paid to do. She had to evict this old woman. It doesn't matter if it hurts your feelings or not. The point of it is, is this girl basically did nothing wrong. And because she did her job like she was supposed to do, she—this old woman that she evicted—had put a curse on her. I mean, I—I I understand that there are heartbreaking things that happen every day, but for this woman, she—she she got the raw end of this deal. <clears throat> I apologize, y'all. I got a little scratch at the back of my throat. But my point being is that this woman who works as a loan officer does her job, and the woman she evicts, or she has to evict, (laughs) put a curse on her. So my question is, is why don't you use that daggum curse you got and take your freaking, you know, make your mortgage disappear? Why you got to drag somebody to hell? Because that's exactly what ends up happening at the end of this movie. The girl actually, the curse that's put on her, it actually follows through. And so, can you imagine doing your job correctly, correctly doing your job and being punished for it? You know? I mean, it makes no sense. And I, I don't really get it. And I can't it's not there's some there's some scenes in here that are you know pretty nerve-wracking um it's it's uh it's it, you know it's pretty good i mean i wouldn't you know if it was on right now and i was you know it's not like i'd be against watching it but uh i mean it's a fairly decent movie but what i don't like about it is the fact that the girl was doing her job and she she got the raw end of, i mean if you're gonna put a curse on somebody or, you know, you want to throw curses about. How about, you know, you know, how, where's the money curse? Well, you know, can't you, you know, put a curse on a rock, spit out money or something? I mean, I don't get it. I mean, this makes no sense. You know, you if you had paid your bill like you were supposed to, then, you know, you wouldn't have to be evicted. And you wouldn't have to put, you know, if you put as much effort into putting this curse on this girl... A, you know, put that work into, you know, <laughs> saving your house. Oh, let's see. I was going to go through the top 50. I'm just flipping through here, see what else I can talk about. There's still a bunch out there that I have not seen. Oh, 61 right there. Jupers Creepers. I think um this was... Let me see how I want to say this. Yep, 2001. This came out in 2001. I think this did a lot for uh, creature creature features, so to speak. Creature horror. Um, and this is another one where... Um, uh They didn't really necessarily do anything wrong. Well, I take that back. You know, they felt the need to go back and... Uh, go plundering somewhere where they had no business. But other than that, I mean, you know, it's one of those ones where you see the hero get taken down. Cabin fever. The howling. 30 days of night. I'm not a big hallo- oh, not Look, hallo- I'm not a big vampire person. Cabin in the woods. Yep, I like that one. Now, here is one. <clears throat> Let's see here. Okay, there are two movies here that um, that I have that I'd like to talk about real quick, and then I'm going to end the show. Um, but, okay, this is one of those rare inst- instances where the sequel is much better than... The original. Okay, Ouija. Okay, um, Ouija Origin of Evil came out in 2016. Um, it was directed by Mike Flanagan. It stars Elizabeth Reeser, Lulu Wilson, Annalise Basso, and Henry Thomas. This one, you can go watch uh, Ouija if you want to. Um, you know, I think it does kind of tie the two together but i will say that, yeah i think it definitely ties the two together but if you watch the second one the second one is so much better than the first one it's just unreal i mean there's some definite definite jump scares in there and a very put very, very well um very good storyline to that one as well okay number 76 on the list the visit okay you've never seen this one, this is definitely a good one to watch. This would be the triumphant return of Mr. M. Night Shyamalan. Um, I'm i I'm a fan of some of his movies that others are not a fan of. Um, but I, you know, I know a lot of people like the movie, The Visit. I like The Visit up to a certain, uh, up to a certain point And then I'm like, okay, I'm done with it. You know, but, uh, there are some scenes in, the, uh, not the visit, I'm sorry, the village. Apologies. Um, uh, the village, the village, I, I actually, there were some, like I said, I enjoy it to a certain point, And then at that point I'm like, yeah, you can turn it off for me. But the visit, um, it says two siblings become increasingly frightened by their grandparents' disturbing behavior while visiting them on vacation. This one was good, you know, and you're thinking it—it kind of completely comes out of left field for you, you know. I'm like, whoa, what? How can you explain this off? How how do you get that? Um, but it actually, you know, you have a lot of questions watching that movie, and you're like, you know, how how can you know? Because when I watch a, a movie, especially something that's kind of paranormal. And you're like, how can this possibly be written off? How can you explain what is going on right now, what I'm seeing on TV? And in that one, they actually do a really good job of that. Um, and so as I'm watching a movie, something like that, you know, like I said, I'm asking myself those questions. That movie um, did a really good job of explaining those things. Um Next, we're moving on to number 82. I love this movie, and um, I don't think it's scary. I just think it's well put together. I think it's a really great, um, this is really good storytelling. Uh, An American Werewolf in London. Uh, 1981, directed by John Landis, Dave Naughton, Jenny Agutter, Agutter, Joe Belcher, and Griffin Dunn. The first what 10-15 minutes of this movie? I love the first 10-15 minutes of this movie when they are out walking on the moors, uh, backpacking, you know. <laughs> I that that that's a good scare. I really enjoyed that. Um, I, I like that creepy vibe that it gives off. Um, definitely, definitely one to watch if you haven't watched it already. Oh da 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 da. Paranormal Activity. Yeah, they had me at the first one. I was invested into the second one. You know, third, fourth, fifth one come out. uh, You lost me. But that first one, first one was good. I like that one. Let's see. Uh, Yep, I think that's about. Yep, I think that's about all we're going to cover today. But anyway, um, you know, I apologize for not really having anything for you guys today. I wanted to baby, uh, basically put out a show for you guys to know that I wasn't dead and I wasn't done with the show. But um, I'm still working on getting back on my feet. And uh, like I said, I've been pretty much pretty much down, down with the sickness for the past three or four weeks. But anyway, don't worry. I'm, I'm not done with the show. So, it's okay, and I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoyed the show today. I know it's not what you're used to, but uh, just something different, something to mix it up with. So, uh, but anyway, guys, you guys take care, and until next time, don't let the boo hack get you.